on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Kessman, coming to you on a Thursday, June 1st. Happy June. Happy Pride Month. Hope everybody's doing well. A lot of stuff going on in LA Galaxy land. Wow, what a shocker. After Monday's podcast, some news dropped, I heard. We're going to talk about that. Chris Klein out as president of the LA Galaxy. Then what do the LA Galaxy up and do? They up and go to RSL. They score the first goal. They end up coming from behind. They do all the things they haven't been doing, and they end up winning a game. What do you know? One and though, what a great way to start the season. That's what somebody said. What a great way to start the season. Helping me talk about the LA Galaxy tonight because there is no game this weekend. We're glad to have him back. He's always the best. It's Eric, the Portuguese hammer beer. Eric, how's it going, buddy? We're back. We're in a new era. We're one and oh in the post Chris Klein era. This is a new, a new leaf, a new season. We're putting all of our eggs in the 2023 basket. What have I been telling you all year long? <laughs> oh, that's right. 2023. That's this is the year. This is the year. We're making a run. Oh, <laughs> what an interesting what a week. Well, <laughs> Mike Gray uh, messaged me on uh, on Twitter and said, totally normal galaxy season we're having. Total, totally normal. Nothing out of the normal. <laughs> nothing crazy. Uh, Saturday going from the the lowest of lows. Right. Uh, on Monday yeah, night, we had Will, we had Will Kuntz on. Uh, you guys hated him. A lot of you did. Um, and then slowly you started to warm to him. And I would suggest just just an observation from my point. Maybe you should go back and listen to the interview now that Chris Klein is gone. All right. And the only reason I say that is you were looking through things with really like dark and despair glasses. It was like it was like the the maybe the the Adams family glasses, maybe, you know, something like that. Like that's where you were at. <laughs> Everything was bad. Nothing yep. was good. There is no light yep. in the world. Right. That type of thing. And I, and I understand it. I'm just saying, if you go now and listen to Will, I think, I think that you'll have, you'll be a little more receptive, a little more receptive. You're, you're in the right. Sometimes you do need to be in the right headspace to receive information. And you saw it. And I think because the loss was so bad on Saturday, um, people were mad at you. They were mad at each other. They were mad at they were mad at everybody because it was like this was a home game. You're supposed to have the opportunity to you know 
make things right and get things going at home against a, a Charlotte team that was supposed to be beatable. You don't put away your chances. You end up looking bad. You have Chris Klein off to the side. People were just livid and angry and upset. So you're right. I think with that Will Coots interview, they were they had their torches and they were ready to go. And so I don't think you're saying go back and listen to it in lieu of the Chris Klein news, like there were hints or there were kernels because from, from everything you're saying and from they were saying that that was that was not known information. It was until, not known. It was until not the morning. I am telling everybody I, I can give you somewhat of a timeline, but I am telling you I have a good authority um, that Will Koontz had no idea what was going to happen the next day. Now, it seems likely that the whole decision on Chris Klein happened on Monday, but it was not disseminated to people until Tuesday morning. So maybe Monday in the evening it happened. Tuesday in the morning, we know that there were meetings at the LA Galaxy and that people were starting to... We know that other people are no longer with the LA Galaxy as well. So there's little things that had happened. Um, and so uh, it was... Uh, I was actually... So we were chasing down some news in the morning. Let's let's give you a little little throwback. We were chasing down news in the morning. We had heard that some people were losing their jobs. And it was not linked to Chris Klein at the time. So we're doing all this messaging. We're trying to find out. We're trying to find out who and where and when and why. And a whole bunch of stuff was like trying to line up. And it was funny because we had nailed down the thing that we thought we knew. And we were like, "Okay, good." We're, done. we're like, that's it. That's all the news there is for today. And then like, but things kept rumbling yeah. and then people got called back into meetings and, and like, so more like it happened in a, in sort of a cascade. And then we eventually, uh, as you saw, I think Keith, Keith Costigan was the first one to put it out yeah. and we were chasing. I was able to confirm it a little bit after Jeff Carlisle had confirmed it. And then the LA galaxy pretty much came out with their statement right behind that. And so it was this cascade of events that went happened, but will, uh, I am 99.9% .9 certain had no idea what was going to happen on Tuesday. And and part of what my defense of Will, not that he needs me to come in and, and defend for him or for anything, I think a lot of people, and like you mentioned, were not in the right headspace to receive that conversation. We're kind of, you know, waiting for him to, you know, badmouth the front office and kind of say he's in there to clean things up. And I think even had the news come out that morning, you are not going to get Will Kuntz come and say everything that the that Chris Klein had done wrong and bashing. Like they, these are his employers. He's there as an ambassador to the club. When I was listening to him, he very much reminded me of Dennis DeClosa, someone who was willing to come on, willing to be open, willing to have the conversations, talk about what's on his mind and how things are going. And I think just the fact that he came on is is huge. So this is. That's why it reminded me of Dennis Sikosa, someone who's not afraid to come out and tell you how they're feeling, t say how everything's going, tell you what the plans are. He did give some insight about the transfer window, things that they're looking for, moves that they didn't make, moves that they could make. So I, I, I listening to it, didn't have my pitchfork out ready to go. I felt like, you know, Kuhn seems to be the right guy for the role. And, and we'll see if, you know, there, there's a vacancy now at club president if Kuntz slides into that or if there's other opportunities for other executives that they maybe are going to look at it because if, if it's not involved in soccer operations, if it's all club operations, maybe there's a different, you know, executive that they're going to look right. to put in that position and Kuntz stays where he's put, you know, um, kind of taking care of all the, the soccer operations and player personnel things. But I, I enjoyed listening to him. I think, uh, and again, this isn't a bash on him. I don't want this to come across, but I think some of the things that he 
was explaining. A lot of our listeners are already privy to like the the funny money that he mentioned, the Tam and Gam, and like so. I credit to you and our listeners. I think we're in on that, but I think he was trying to explain. Well, there's mechanisms and there's things like it's very similar to what Dennis Tacosa was saying. All the different rules and different things right. that you need to be aware of, and I think that's something that our listenership already has a pretty good grasp on. But I think that's part of what, what his role is trying to explain that and kind of, you know, why if people are upset about the moves the galaxy are not making, it's important that they know all the machinations and all the all the different wheels that that are circulating on why, you know, like it's not as easy to just say, okay, Messi's available, let's go sign Messi. You know, right. We're, we're, seeing, we're seeing that play out right now. Yeah, I, I think, and I remember when we started this podcast, we were it was way, way back, right? This was way back. Whenever we had our first like player on, it was probably, I think it was Brian Jordan uh, was our first player. I remember uh, the PR person at the time, um, Jaime, he was like, Hey, don't get into tactical stuff, right? Like he just stay like the whole day. And we're like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. We didn't need to get into tactical. It's funny because the role of the podcast has changed in that. We used to explain broad concepts and sort of cover that stuff. And now you're here because we explain in detail the roster mechanisms and things. And yeah. I, I sort of mentioned it in it, which is like, uh, I, I said this to Will, I said, you're sort of a, a you know, an MLS nerds dream, right? That, that we get to talk to you when we, when we eventually have him on again, um, as long as he doesn't get fired for reasons that trust me, I'm <laughs> not saying, say, I'm not if, saying if, he's going to, I'm just saying we, right now, let's we, not just say there's stability around <laughs> anywhere. Okay. All right. If, if someone was ever to keep their job, you know, and get multiple extensions, I think he, he he's safe be, for now. He's, yeah, he he's should okay be around for, for a he's little a, bit. Yeah. Well, um, I was, I was joking around with him a little bit and I'm like, we'll invite you back on. That's if I still have a podcast, you know, like I don't, I don't know where we're going with any of That's this stuff. You, either, yeah. If right? you don't get blocked and, and, and right? taken off the area. Um, so, so, but I mean, he's a nerd's dream. And I think that eventually we will be able to have those conversations with them and sort of be like, listen, you don't have to explain it to us. Let's get down to brass tacks. Let's talk about how we move mechanisms, salary caps, all that type of thing. I think he's that guy. So anyway, that was Monday night, Tuesday morning. All all heck breaks loose. <laughs> um, and, you know, we were chasing down a bunch of things and then, you know, it, it finally came down. So. Uh, the LA Galaxy released a statement. The LA Galaxy had parted ways with President Chris Klein. It was announced today by Dan Beckerman, President and CEO of AEG. Uh, the LA Galaxy head coach and sporting director Greg Vanny will continue to lead all soccer operations while reporting directly to Beckerman, so no change there. As a club, this is Beckerman, as a club, we have not achieved our goals or met the standard that we have established for the LA Galaxy, said Beckerman. We believe it is in the best interest of the club to make a change and, being a comprehensive process to, and, and begin a comprehensive process to seek new leadership that will return the club to the level that our fans and partners partners expect. We are thankful to Chris for his years of dedication and commitment to the LA Galaxy as both a player and an executive. Um, and then Chris's uh, statement, I'd like to thank Phil Anschutz and Dan Beckerman for the opportunity to serve as president for the LA Galaxy for the past 11 years. Said Klein, my family and I love this club and I'm grateful to have spent 16 years with the organization as a player and an executive. Thank you to our supporters, partners, players, coaches, and staff for all the passion, dedication, and hard work. Now, here is a lot of words, a lot of words. It is. And, and parting ways is a nice way to say that, you know, we fired him, which is what happened, but they're probably, I imagine they didn't fire him for cause. Right. And so whatever contract Chris Klein was under, he's probably still getting paid that money. The real mistake here. Um, and listen, I think Dan Beckerman was finally put in a corner that he couldn't escape out of, which was after the Charlotte game, seeing that, mm -hmm. that performance, seeing the reaction from the fans afterwards. Um, just the whole sort of thing that cascades down on a Saturday night after you lose at home to Charlotte in a game that you very, very likely should have won, right? And even if you're a bad team, you probably should win that game. Um, and so saying all that, 
um, going through, you know, it feels like Beckerman was backed into a corner. This doesn't feel like leadership coming out of because leadership would have probably been not giving the guy an extension on a contract after he was, you know, confirmed yeah. cheating um, at the top of the organization. And even if it was somebody else, right. And we've said this, even if it was Dennis Tocosa, even if it was Guillermo Barrichello that were doing it, they did it under Klein's nose and he didn't know about it. If that's the argument or defense, which it has never been, but privately we've been ushered towards Dennis Tocosa as, mm-hmm. as somebody who would be put at fault for that. Right. Um, so yeah, good job in terms of, yeah, finally had to pull the plug, but it feels like the semi truck was about to hit you. So you had to jump out of the road eventually anyway. Right. Yeah. The situation that the galaxy were in, you're absolutely right. Heads needed to roll at some point being in last place, uh, losing, you know, games at home against opponents that are beatable. Um, you know, I, I almost thought like Vanny was going to be on the chopping block Mm -hmm. before Chris Klein was on the chopping block because, uh, you know, being the position and how he was able to kind of dodge all these bullets, I felt that Vanny was going to be the next one to kind of fall apart. And I was kind of having a back and forth with the cannon. Sophie, shout, shout out to Sophie. Uh, she was saying, you know, a lot of people with the Klein out chance, it was almost like an excuse. You know, at some point, the players need to perform. Vanny's got to get his roster decisions right. Like, we can't keep using Klein as the excuse. But I think because everything that you're mentioning um, – they couldn't get rid of Vanny because it would be another person under, you know, Chris Klein would fire yet another coach. Yep. So they had painted themselves into this corner. So the only logical solution is to get rid of Chris Klein because of the poor, poor results. You're in last place. The players aren't performing. They're not, uh, you know, fan fans are in disarray. You, you know, every um, loss or when the conversation is happening on Apple TV, when it's happening on ESPN FC, you know, Hercules Gomez, Football Americas, every single conversation has the caveat and the fans are boycotting and the fans are unhappy with leadership. So it wasn't just the Galaxy are on a losing streak. It was the Galaxy are in last place. They're a laughing stock of the league. They're not where they should have been. And the fans are upset and the front office is making poor decisions. So at some point it it needed to buckle. It needed to give. And I think this is the first step to healing (laughs) in a way, not to like be so super overly dramatic, but this needed to be the first domino to fall. So now Chris Klein is gone. Okay. Now Chris Klein is gone. There's no longer the excuse of, you know, coaching or roster decisions. Obviously you need to give it time because I think damage was done to this club under his tenure. So you need to give it some time to do a little bit of healing, but this is the first domino to fall. So now you can start having the conversation if the tactics aren't right. Okay, let's look at coaching. If you're not bringing the players in, okay, let's look at you know who's making those roster decisions and, and making those uh, moves to bring the right players in. Right. And I think with with Kuntz and, how, and listening to him speak, um, I feel like you're we've been we've been burned by this before, but it feels like he's in the right headspace headspace to make those correct moves in the future given mm-hmm. his past. And his record as well. So this is the first step. It is in the right direction, but they painted themselves in the corner and you can't, you can't be in last place with the fans in disarray and everything going on and just say, you know, the room's on fire. This is fine. That mean, like you can't just say this is fine. Something had to give. And I think he was just, uh, the, the first domino to fall. And I, I always have been on record and, and you've been saying it, uh, you know, this, this season shouldn't have started with him as president of the club. He, he did not do enough during his tenure, two of the worst seasons, you know, before this season, two of the worst seasons in Galaxy history were under his tenure. 
um, you know, failures with signings and players being injured and not being able to say that's all under his watch, a cheating scandal, the icing on the cake. Yes. And he's still returning. It should have never it should have never been this way. You know, maybe Will Koontz could have been he was available in the offseason. Maybe he should have brought in, been brought in sooner. An executive could have been brought in. And this this shouldn't have been the case. But at least they're making the steps to move in the right direction. Not And to your point, not that they should be applauded for it, but it needed to be done. It was something that needed to happen. It was time. It should have happened yeah. earlier, the whole deal. Um, now, you know, obviously everybody's like, you know, you know, why? Why now? You know, I, I, I'm going to tell you, and and I believe this in my heart of hearts, uh, the Charlotte loss was the last straw, and you could sort of feel it just in the dejectedness of the players, of the coaches, of the fans, that this was the low, right? That's scraping the bottom. There's nowhere. This is it. You can't go any lower, right? And it was sort of, that was weird even playing off those words. It's like, how can it go any lower? And somehow the galaxy always seemed to find a way to make yeah, it lower. It keeps, somehow, yeah. We say that, you know, tongue in cheek, knowing that, you know, we thought, you know, two seasons ago was a low or, four, or 2017 was a low. We keep finding new bottoms. That's the crazy thing. And so, um, you know, what did, what ultimately got Chris Klein fired? Um, I think you have to stack things up, but it's the results. If this team was winning, he'd still be in charge, right? I mean, obviously, right? There's truth. There's truth in that 100%. And I know people, Alexi Lawless, you know, <laughs> friend of the show, friend, friend yeah. of yours of the show. Yes. I don't know if I I could say friend of mine. Just, just lie. Just me. lie. <laughs> he, he, I just saw that because I was texting him and I, I had the video where he wished you a happy birthday. Yes, I remember. <laughs> but um, but he, people will get on him for saying, if the Galaxy win, there's no issue. And there's there's truth to that. If they're winning, that makes a lot of that cover ups covers up a lot of warts. And so when they're not winning, it exposes everything. And so I think it that's it. You know, <laughs> it was everything was exposed and out in the open. You were sitting there with your pants down and everyone's pointing and laughing. Right. You know, your worst nightmare, your worst dream. Anyone ever have those dreams? Yes. Where, you know, yes. Just me. Just yeah. me. All, so, all, yeah. all of me. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're, we're living that situation in real life. The, the other thing I will say is, again, I think it piles on, right? The boycott. Dan Beckerman didn't want to sit in another meeting with the supporters. That's that's really, I mean, because that, that's where it was heading again, right? Because you had Angel City Brigade confronting Greg and the players, um, which is interesting because there's been a little wave of that going through uh, MLS and, you know, the whole deal. Yeah. And I saw some of the players being like, get your guys out of there. And we actually even talked to Will Koontz about it. And he was like, maybe I had to, I wanted to go over there to make sure and I, I needed at the extra end of the crate. video. Yeah. You, that was a, yeah, a rescue mission. At yeah. The end. Yeah. And, and I get it. Um, I don't know that players should have to be there to, to, to take that from, from fans. I don't know that that's part of their job. It's interesting. It's certainly an interesting, we see it overseas. We see it in, in MLS. It's not something that's not uncommon in soccer. It's just now I think we're having the discussion about whether or not players as part of their jobs have to sit there and be berated by fans. Right. And listen, I, having honest conversations is cool. Like that's fine too, but that's, there, that's the difference. There's a line the somewhere, but anyway, yeah. uh, neither here or well, there. Let, let, yeah. Just to, just to kind of piggyback on that final point, I think where you see the difference and it's not the player's responsibility to sit there and get berated and to get yelled at. If you want to listen to the fans, hear their concerns, have the conversation, go there, you applaud them. You toss the Jersey. We're sorry. We didn't lift up. And then you you walk off and you're done with it. But to sit there and say, well, they need to listen to what the fans have to say. Okay, they can listen to what you have to say. But if you're sitting there, you know, screaming at them through a bullhorn, you know, okay, I, I guess if I want to sure. listen to you, but I don't. I also don't need to sit here and be yelled at someone, you know, at, at my at my workplace. That's not exactly the right venue to do that. There's opportunities to have forums and discussions. Right. 
uh, I don't know that that's the best time and place. Or, or maybe it is the best time and place is when you give <laughs> the poor result. Right. But then again, you just played, uh, you know, basically took a dump on the field. You know, is that the time that you're going to you're going to say, oh, now now I'm going to fix it. Now let's go back and fix it and play. You know, you're, you're not going to fix anything and repair right there. So I see both sides of the fans wanting to express to the players how they're feeling. But also the, if the players are walking over there, they're clapping you up, they're gi- they're giving the the mea culpa, the apologies, accept that and then move on and then find out other venues uh, to express your frustration. It's funny. I get a little piece of that because people think that they can just message me on different social media and tell me how to do this podcast, which I've been doing for 15 years. Um, so I always enjoy that a little bit. And I'm always like, man, what if they were like yelling at me from the stands? That'd be interesting. Let's get to some uh, super chats. Got um, a bunch of them. Today. Yeah, there's a bunch. I, I, and by the way, I know we got a bunch of super chats during the Will Kuntz interview. Uh, it seemed less appropriate to shout them out during that. And I apologize for that. Um, but I do appreciate every single one of you, even the ones who are using it to be, uh, completely and totally idiotic. Um, so, you know, I'll gladly take, I'll gladly take your money. That's fine. Thank you. Um, but you know, usually (laughs) I'll, I'll be honest. You're you're being super villain here. I I, I just, I don't don't know if I can get on board. Maybe we, Alexia Lawless is a friend of the show. You know, I mean, I I can go to the dark side on this stuff. No, it's just, again, we on this show hold, I I would hope a certain level of decorum in here. And we like to, we like to, to say that, you know, that we do this show for everyone. Um, but that means you have to be part of everyone too. You don't get to be an individual and you don't get to sit there and your, your opinion doesn't matter more than anybody else's and you yelling and screaming and typing in all caps and doing all that stuff. That's great. Go ahead and do it in the chat. Call me names, call other people names, get really upset. I understand why. Um, but don't expect that like we're going to sit there and then yell out your super chat whenever well, you're doing that stuff. But I wanted to get to the so, good ones here. Hold on. All right. Sorry. Before yes. we get there, let yes. me say one more thing is that Will Kuntz, uh, executive vice president of player personnel, first time on the show, um, you know, some heat about, well, we, why aren't you asking the hard questions and this and that? And, you know, Again, first time on the show, he's going to give a lot of insight. You want to have him back. Maybe your first opening, you know, conversations are not. Why do you suck? Why? Why? Why is the team so bad? Why aren't you? Why are you? You know, a jer- like you're not going to come across like. And if you've ever had a conversation with another human being, you know, there's a there's a decorum, like you said. Right. You have a conversation. You're you're you know <laughs> you, you're professional about it, and you and you go you have your back and forth, and. And that's that. That's okay. Like it doesn't have to be pointed and angry. You can still ask questions. You can still get information without being upset about it. And you don't want to burn your bridges. It also works that way. And that's not a bad thing. That's not saying that you're lobbing softballs, but you also are not going to say, you don't, you'd like to have him back on. You're not going to, you know. Well, this is a discussion. This is a discussion. Yeah. This isn't the ha- this isn't Hannity. This isn't like any yeah. of those cable news shows <laughs> where they're just going to gotcha. get. Yeah. It's not a gotcha. We're, I thought that Kevin asked some difficult questions. I thought he had some fun questions in there as well, which are just like ones that are off the, which by the way, first time on the podcast, we want you to feel a little bit comfortable here, right? The whole deal. Um, and, and that type of thing. I thought, I thought I asked some pointed questions too. So it, it is what it is. I'm not going to worry about that, but I would, exp- I would suggest I just, people go back and listen to, to that. Jump in there again. Yeah, now that you fine. needed my, my backup, right. I just wanted to share my two cents. Uh, $20 super chat from uh, Jonathan. Happy Klein out week. Thank you for that. Jonathan. Appreciate it. Philip, uh, $2 super chat playing here. Should we listen to the last podcast backwards? It has some secret messages in there. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I think if you play uh, the Briggs, you know, this is LA play it backwards, right? Start it right as Will Coons comes on. Then, and then, yeah, you might hear some special my, things. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, and shout out to Jonathan too. Also, Top-notch yep. replies on Twitter. He always has 
<laughs> a great quip, something to come back at. So appreciate you, Jonathan. Uh, $20 super chat from Patrick. Uh, Galaxy World may be predictably chaotic, but COG is always solid ground. Thank you for that, Patrick. And then uh, Maximus, uh, if Costa gets arrested, is Galaxy obligated to keep paying him? I forgot that that was even happening Tuesday morning. <laughs> That's, that wasn't in the show notes. That wasn't. And that got buried. Maybe that they did did the Klein news to bury you know, the, the Douglas Costa situation. I, yeah. this, I mean, so I know Kevin had talked to the reporter in Brazil who had put it out, and the reporter says it's real. He's talked to, the, to, to Costa's lawyer. Uh, apparently, it's alimony and not child support. Um, that's one thing that's sort of, I think a gray area because lots of people were reporting it one way. Lots of people were reporting it the other way. Um, but basically that he owes his, I believe his ex-wife money. Um, and that that's sort of where that is. And, uh, I, I know there were lots of people sort of talking back and forth about it, but it was like, this is one of those things in Brazil that like you actually could go to jail for Like, this is one of yeah. those things that they're, they're pretty hard on. Um, so, so apparently the, the arrest warrant out for Costa since May, uh, I think, May 26, May, I think that was, that was whenever it came out. So May, like middle of May or, or end of May in that area. Um, just another sort of era to the, to the Costa craziness. Um, I, I don't think anything surprises anybody at this time. People were asking, could the galaxy, you know, cancel his contract for, you know, morals clause. I'm sure they could, I'm not sure they're going to, I think that that probably stays also, um, we don't know what that means. I don't think he's going to be extradited from the United States in order to go to Brazil for that. But it would certainly be interesting to see if somebody made the request, right? It, it, it is. And, and I see it in the chat. How, you know, how how's it someone makes that much money and fails to make those payments? Like you would think that's a perk. You're not playing. You're not using that money like or, hey, or, hey, or, hey, or directly hey, earning that money. But like, I feel how like did that happened. I feel like you don't have an ex-wife. If that's yeah, what I feel you're like. Right. You're right. Yeah, that's you're right. You're, <laughs> You're, that is also true. Um, no, no, but, no, no, no. But you, it's one you of those things, those things. But yes. Yeah, it, it's just bad press. And you would, it's that fine line. Does this fit into something that's a breach, breach of contract, a character issue? You know, what, what is it? Uh, um, uh, activities detrimental to the team. I forget what it, what those terms that are used that, you know, if he's doing something that's causing the team harm is that something that you could release them for so it runs into that issue if you're if you're <laughs> galaxy front office and lawyers and you have people on it you're you're scrolling through that contract saying is this something that we can dump up dump them off and get rid of them and open up a dp slot right you know you, you hate to go in on someone's misfortune but from from a galaxy perspective this could be you know you're out but i i, I just don't know that this is enough that this is the thing that's going to be able but, to, but, to but get it, up to ring them up on. It's the same thing with Klein though. It's, it's a conglomeration of things. Right. And, uh, I was trying to say this on Monday night and I know I was not, I was flustered and not saying it the way, but I felt that there was too much pressure and I even asked will about it. I said, it feels like, you know, Chris Klein has lumped all this pressure on the LA galaxy as a professional athlete. You don't need any more pressure. First of all, you're at war with the fans basically, because that's how they've set themselves up, right? Us versus the noise, right? We'll have it. Well, I'll talk about my t-shirt. There in a second. <laughs> I was going to say, but, but like shameless plug right there. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's us versus the noise, right? And it's like, it, it's like, it's us versus them, the fans. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're going to need them to come back and you're going to want them to, but you've been called calling them names and not speaking of them or directly to them. The answers always should have been, yeah, it sucks that our fans aren't there. We understand why they're doing it, even if we disagree, right? But And we'd love for them to be back here supporting us and answer that question 30 or 40 times without going into the, yeah, you know, it's just noise on the outside. We just got to be insulated. 
this team does not need to be insulated. This team needs to be embraced and loved and carried and coddled. I called them soft after the Charlotte game. They're they're on a road to redemption with the win in RSL. That was not a soft performance. So yeah. I will I will say that. But in the Charlotte game, they were soft. Um, they caved. They gave it. They gave it in, and they gave up. Especially even you know, captain with Chicharito uh, getting the the two yellow cards and the red cards. That's why they get that rap. But this team, just like they were last year, is emotionally soft in yeah. a lot of ways, and you can't put them into a whole bunch of adversity. They're not ready for it. So whenever Klein is there linking his job to the results, doing all this stuff. And if you listen to Greg Vanny talk, if you listen to, and I talked to a couple players um, about this, if you talk to them about it, they are upset that Chris Klein is gone. And I know some of you are like, that's impossible. It's totally possible. Chris Klein, and I will say this is somebody who has interacted with him over those 11 years, and even before that, whenever he was a player, is a nice man. All right. I, I do think he lost some respect when with the fact that he stayed too long. Right. And and I think that there was a time when that was supposed to be up and he didn't realize that time or maybe in his mind, it's about not giving up as a player. It's tough sometimes to be like, I lost the game. Right. And and for Chris, as a former player, I think he didn't realize he had lost the game um, and that it was already over and he's still playing and waiting for that whistle to blow. It's like, no, no, dude, the, the game is over, but he's a nice man. He deserves to, you know, for those guys, he was a friend, I'm sure. Um, and he was, you know, he was a boss and he has been that guy for the last 11 years, like him or don't like him. And as we've already said, there were many reasons why he shouldn't be the president of this team, even after 2017, let alone after this last one. Right. And and none of them, to your point, were that he was a bad person. <laughs> it was it was all job driven, you know, res results, uh, you know, based things that, that were leading up to that. So you make a good point that if this was someone who was the boss and was around the club and had daily interactions with these people, yeah, there is going to be a reaction to it. But I almost, you mentioned something and I kind of agreed with it, with the, the team being emotionally soft. They are also emotionally driven when it's positive. I think yep. this team is high on emotions yep. in, in sentence. Because when the vibes are good and everyone's getting along and the team is, is cooking, then the team is performing really well. And there's a lot of emotions that are based behind that. So you need those that in the positive spin as well. But the team is also emotional. And you saw it in D.C. You give up a goal and then everything just completely falls apart. The team has that, too, which is why the response at RSL was something that I hadn't seen Ooh. from this Galaxy team under Greg Vanny. Um, so watching them claw and fight back and not give up. You can't help but think, and is is a causation or correlation right. that there's a weight lifted off their shoulder. Okay, we don't have to worry about the, you know the fan boycott and this and that. That okay, now we can just play. Let's let's play our game. So part of me thinks, as much as they may have liked Klein, it is a monkey off their back. It, it is absolutely something is that they could you no, know no. they could breathe a little easier and have one less thing on their mind, you know, when they're gearing up for these games. And I think that's it. I think knowing now, especially after the win, right? Uh, I have it on, on, uh, I've talked to a, a couple sources. Um, Chris Klein got fired and 20 to 30 minutes after that, there were season ticket reps sending out text messages to people like <laughs> I saying, saw that. saying they're moving fast. They yeah. were, they were, well, I mean, you should, this is not yeah. a time to sit well, there and like mourn his lot. No, these guys are on commission and I know that they sold a significant amount of tickets for the June 21st game. And I know that they sold some season ticket members 
memberships, the full, the partials, those type of things. I know they sold some of those as a result of Chris Klein being fired. I know that there was an uptick in sales on merchandise. Um, there's like these little things that has sort of came through. Which, yeah. Which to, if you're Dan Beckerman, did Dan Beckerman make this move because the galaxy were in last place? Okay. If you're going to be in last place, let's at least fill the arena. Let's at least sell merchandise. And so that probably that I wouldn't shock me if that was a directive. Okay. We're going to let Klein glow. Here's your marching orders. Go salespeople. Go, go. Let's make the push. They, they, the fans said that they weren't coming back until he was gone. Now he's gone. Let's, they, they, they were going to call their bluff on, you know, are they going to come back or not? It seemed like their bluff was called. So now they said, okay, let's call their bluff. You said you're, you're going to come back when he's gone. Well, he's gone. Come back. And so I think that it wouldn't shock me if that was a directive it, uh, it, from, from, from up top. Yeah. I mean, it's it just that it, it was, I think it was, it was more or less effective in terms of what it was. And you know, and we all know this to be true. The lack of fans at the stadium in at home hurts the LA galaxy. Everybody knows that. And I think anybody pretending that it doesn't is crazy. That was the idea. That's why you're not there is because you know, it hurts, right? So all of those things sort of conglomerate together to, to get this result. I know the guys felt bad, but I also, and I've said this from the very, there was too much pressure on them. Um, there was too many things riding on every result. They were overplaying. You know what they didn't do against RSL overplay Yeah. for once, maybe this year, Greg Vanny said it and I'll, 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 I'll paraphrase him, but he said, I saw a different team tonight and that team that I saw tonight basically can do special things. He is correct because that's how you play. And so, listen, the Galaxy gave up two goals. They ended up having to come from behind after scoring the first goal. There's a whole bunch of things that are in that. But bottom line is relieve some of that pressure and the LA Galaxy will perform. Now, is this turning around? No, not even close, right? Galaxy can go lay an egg and open cup and then they eventually make their way into St. Louis, which is going to be a very tough game. That's a tough game to go and play there. And then they'll come back uh, for Sporting Kansas City on June 21st, where it will be a big damn party. Um, I'm yeah. telling you right now, there which are people. It's, yeah, it's it's a midweek, which is the bummer. Right. But I think it is still going to be a party for sure. Yep. And uh, and this is this is one of those things. This is this is how um, this is how it sort of returns. Right. Yeah. Um, it sucks that they couldn't do it when there would be more home games on the weekend. All this other <laughs> stuff. It is the. If they wanted to time it perfectly, yeah, they could have waited for a home game <laughs> right, stretch, right? Or you know, even you know, earlier in May when the way things, and then you know, sell out the place for a few consecutive weeks. But to to your point about Vanny's comments, I almost called him Granny again. I've done that yeah. a couple times. Um, but you know, him saying that 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 was a different group. I could see them doing special things, and looking at the goals that they gave up, set piece goals. That's something that's been an issue. So in the run of play, the Galaxy haven't been a bad team it's but these set pieces and these these situations that's are, are where they make their mistakes so to your point the the team has it there's pieces there and this is you know starting Efrain alvarez and gino vivi and still able to get those results um you know th that shows a response and something about you know the the group that's out there so it's kind of interesting i don't know if we're going to get uh too much into you know, analyzing or recapping. That's something I wanted to point out as well. Yeah, I think we should, because there's a lot of uh, different threads that sort of run through that game. I will. Uh, I do have the T-shirt out. I am the noise. Um, this is one of those rare times, one of those very rare times 
where a fan of the club can be the same as media because I've been labeled the noise. Um, you know, Kevin has been labeled the noise. Eric, you've been labeled the noise because you say things on Twitter. How dare you? Right. <laughs> Everybody who's in this chat room, you guys oh, are the good, noise. Good times. Right. And, and it's funny because it was, had such a negative connotation. Now it almost has like a positive connotation. I am the noise. It's sort of one of those things. It's almost like a rallying cry. It's like now we get loud. Now we've done the stuff that, you know, that that we set out to do. If you're the boycott, you set out to do as reporters. We covered what we thought was right and fair um, throughout this entire tenure. Um, I was shocked whenever Chris Klein got renewed for his contract to come back. I was and I was probably the second person to find out after Kevin because he called me and said, you're never going to believe this. And I said, that's unbelievable. You're correct. Right. So we've been there and we've tried to be honest with you guys as we do it. Um, galaxy aren't out of the woods yet. Um, but that's why we sort of put this t-shirt out, right? I am the yeah. noise. Now I think if you go, it'll restart and, uh, it should, uh, it should be start to shipping. Some of these will actually deliver before, uh, June 21st as well. So we're doing short little batches of them and getting them out and getting them going. So if you want to, um, you can go there. I will have it up on the website tomorrow. Yes. The website's fixed corner of the galaxy.com. We'll have it on there. Wow. We're I, back. Uh, Everything's we're, back. We're we did all it. the way back. We did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Um, and so I'll, I'll get that all there. So that way you could do it. But if you feel so inclined, obviously proceeds go to, uh, support the podcast and all that fun stuff. The other yeah. thing that I would like to point out before we get too far and before we go into this, uh, into this RSL game, this was the last time we saw Chris Klein standing against the wall in a press conference that wasn't his after the Charlotte game with Vanny up there. And by the way, I had to go wide angle on the lens. Okay. Let's be very, we were kind of far away, but we weren't that far away, but I went wide angle. Um, in order to sort of capture the the whole feel of the room. Uh, that was the last time that we saw Chris Klein um, standing there against the wall in jeans and a T-shirt, uh, of which I've been questioned multiple times how that happens. Um, if you're president of the club, do you wear a suit and tie? He usually... I've seen him in suits and ties for most of his career, Eric. Most the, of his the, career. Yeah, you're, you're, this is a hot-button topic in, <laughs> for me. It, it gets me going because... I'm a person that believes if you do the job well, it doesn't matter what you wear. This happens in education quite yep. a lot too and how yep. teachers should dress and what's proper you know, attire. Um, but I will say this. When you show up on a school campus with a tie or with a coat and a, and a, and a tie or a suit, you get a different response from the students than if you show up in jeans and a T-shirt. You just do. Mm -hmm. And so if you are – so uh, while – I do. I think it's fair to call out the jeans and a T-shirt of someone, uh, you know, at, at work. If that's does their job require them to be in a suit, I don't know that that's totally fair. But if you are the face of an organization that is the the LA Galaxy, that's supposed to be the crown jewel of of Major League Soccer, should you present yourself in a respectable way that so that people respond to say, hey, that's the president. Look at this. I I, I think that the people calling him out for the way he was dressed, I, I think that's fair as well. The, the other thing that I wanted to say, um, and the, what makes the photo that you showed interesting, is from January 1st or whenever you know, his contract was supposed to have kicked in to May um, you know, 28th or right. 29th, whenever the news was dropped, you know, basically six months, we did not hear public comment from Chris Klein. Nope. There was a, there wasn't an interview. There wasn't a video. There wasn't a press conference. There, there was, wasn't an there announcement. Was, there was some internal stuff. I think no, that he but, did, but, but yeah, but nothing but out, the, out, so outside yep. for, for six months under all of the fire. You never saw, you know, your president addressing 
the people standing in front of it wearing it. And so I, I do think there's not not that there's irony in it or or like a uh, but but it is interesting that his last time that he was seen as president of the club was again declining to comment, sitting off to the side, not actively addressing all of the fire that is around him. So I, right. I just thought that was an interesting way for him to go out. All right, let's uh, let's turn the page now. LA Galaxy heading off to Real Salt Lake midweek game. Um, some rotation in this. Uh, not a lot, as you mentioned, Eric. Uh, LA Galaxy getting 3-2 win and the starting lineup that included Efrain Alvarez and Gino Vivi in it. Um, Alvarez out on the right side, and then Ricky Pouge was not a second forward, although he sometimes played. It's weird how the, the LA Galaxy let Ricky chase up top and whoever the forward is sort of come back. It's sort of the idea that Ricky's not good at defense, so you might as well let him chase and pressure the ball because he's actually pretty good at that, right? So it's like relieve him from defensive duties. Let him chase up above whoever the forward is. Uh, Dayon Jovulich mostly MIA again in this game. Uh, I don't know that anybody's surprised at this point, but I also see people that are consistent in their belief that he never gets first team players to play with. And, uh, you know, it's kind of hard with Efrain Alvarez, who gave away the ball, I think, 10 times in the first half uh, to argue that uh, Gino Vivi, not strong enough for what I would like to see. I need to see some progression out of him. I thought he was OK. Um, that's, but that's, he's that's young. Funny. I, yeah, I got blasted a little bit. I put on Twitter. I like Gino Vivi. I kind of liked what I saw. And this is a conversation we've had on the show before is he's not he's not going to be a world beater. No. But I think in terms of with a team that lacks wingers, I think he's a winger you could throw out there. He's not, he didn't make as many mistakes as this counterpart counterpoint counterpart on the other side of the field. Um, is, did he leave you wanting more? Yeah, I, I think he did leave you wanting more, but I, I think, I do think there are situations where he is going to be serviceable, but where you're going to get that progression from giving him the minutes you in do. these situations. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I don't have an issue with it. Uh, Efrain Alvarez, though, again, we keep saying it, a chance to prove himself, a chance to come out, a chance to really say, hey, I'm here. I can do this. Um, put me in, coach. I'm a good player. Yeah. And no, that it's... It, it, it feels like this is over. It's somebody said uh, he made his. Are, are we gonna keep, are we gonna keep playing Freebird here? Play the hits like it's the same thing. Same people, song. And people dance get so mad over and at over me for again. this. Yeah. People people like like there's some real Efrain Alvarez fans who are like just give him time. It's like dude, my watch. I'm gonna have to get a new Apple Watch with the amount of time that he's getting, um, because this one's gonna go out of date. It's yeah. just well and and to the Gino Vivi point. Well, why are you giving Gino Vivi, you know, time and, and credit and yeah. Efrain not Efrain didn't get a bump in salary and, and anointed Robbie Keane's number. Gino Vivi, this is a second game that he's ever played. So you're going to you, there's going to be a little built in tolerance around that as opposed to someone who's been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and still. And when they're both your super draft pick. Right is on the same level as your, you know, person who's supposed to come in and make a difference. Right. That's not good. No, that, that, then that's that you're going to, the criticism is going to be fair space, uh, space core. in the chat room says one person gets real mad. Just one. That's it. <laughs> right. Like that type of thing. No, but my button on Twitter, you got to yeah, use that. Well, and, and here's the other thing that, that sort of goes into the face of all of this is that Efrain Alvarez was on a U 20, 22 contract, which really meant that his salary didn't hit the cap. So even if the galaxy were paying him a whole bunch of money, it was money that didn't hit the cap. And as far as I'm concerned, I only care about money that really that hits the cap, except if you're a designated player making like, you know, five and a half million dollars or four and a half million dollars. Your name's Douglas Costa. Then of course I'm going to have, I'm going to have issues with that. Um, 
So, you know, for me, that's another part is that now he's the he's a TAM player. And I heard Brian Dunstan talking about him as a U-22 and then um, over to a TAM. Uh, he was he was like, hey, you know, this that means now there's real implications of that salary. So I would expect that the leash on Ephra and the time that he is granted and the, what he does with that time are even more important now than they ever have been. He talked about it before saying this has to be his season. This is not his season. And I don't know that next season is going to be the season, but bottom line is you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. Something has to happen. And I'll tell you, the LA Galaxy weren't good enough in that first half. Um, surprisingly, they survived. Jonathan Bond came up with some good saves in this game. Also, I think at, at fault for the corner kick goal, because coming out and not getting to the ball is a pretty yeah. is a thing you can't do. So either yeah. stay. And this is not his first offense no. in that regard either. Um, and so so you get all those things. So so Bond keeps him in it. Uh, Bond kept him in in some of the second half too. made some great saves, um, that type of thing. But then, you know, the penalty kick. Right. And that's where really where you get into this craziness is the that was the first penalty kick. The L.A. Galaxy were granted and converted in 2023. You want to talk about that's all, crazy. <laughs> all the things that have gone against the L.A. Galaxy for for most of the year. That's one of those things that has happened. Right. And by the way, and of our review, the yeah, winner way, right. Yeah. VAR, VAR even went that way. And it was a clear handball. And it was yeah, funny because everybody was like, was. oh, we couldn't. I, I know if you're watching the broadcast, you didn't see it right away. And you're like, where's the handball? Like, where are they? Why are they complaining? Why did Martin Caceres, who got scolded by Brian Dunseth? He for was turning, turning around. around yeah, yeah. Which I agreed with with Dunseth on that point. I do. Like, uh, have your arguments with after like Caceres could have been in a position to, you know, slam that ball into the net had he not ran to the referee at a full sprint. So I, I understand that point. But if it's a, that clear of a handball, which it was, I, I kind of get it. Yeah. <laughs> he was sort of like, how did you miss that? I can see again, uh, four time world cup player, I believe yeah. Martin Casares, <laughs> easy, easy Dunny. Um, and I love Brian Dunseth. He's great. Um, and so, uh, seeing that, by the way, Mark Rogandino is starting to be the default, uh, LA galaxy announcer. He was, he was at Charlotte. I got to say hi to him. Uh, and then he was in RSL with, with Dunny and, and doing that as well. So, um, I've known Mark for, I was gonna say, for a he's, while. He's got LA galaxy roots. He, he's also got some other roots that people aren't happy about, but, yeah, but, <laughs> but, you know, I think time with the galaxy, if we go time logged, it may be more, more years with the galaxy than the opposition. So, well, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't dislike this, 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 there. He, again, out of, uh, people who come from across town who could be announcing LA galaxy games, he's not at the bottom of my list. So the other funny part is, you know, Dave Denholm was the person who started the first ever LA galaxy podcast. Like he was first and then we came along, but he was first well before me. Like I didn't even know he was first. And Jared, uh, Jared Dubois had to tell me, he's like, oh, you know, Dave. And Dave had been on our show many, many times. Dave and I are still good friends. Um, but it's funny because now he's over at LAFC. It's like, Dave, you used to call, you know, my LA Galaxy, which is which he absolutely <laughs> did. 100% all the time. Yeah, exactly. It was the whole deal. Um, so anyway, uh, really interesting to see that. But no, I mean, that type of thing. So the Galaxy go into the halftime, one nothing. What kind of craziness is this? Eric, only the fourth time all season, the LA Galaxy have scored first in a game. The second time they did it on the road. What happened on the road? Very first game, they lost three to one to FC Dallas. You saw that. As a matter of yeah. fact, up until the RSL <laughs> we game, were joking, yeah, you had I, seen the last goal the LA Galaxy scored on the road. Um, yeah. And can we talk about the penalty as well? Yes. How well taken it was. You know, we keep talking about Chicharito with his history, Ricky having some issues taking the penalties as well. Who's going to be the guy that's going to take our penalties? I feel like Brugman is the guy you can trust 
to to slot those penalties. That was so well taken. That's textbook exactly he, how you want to see hard. a penalty. He hit it real yeah. hard. That was I always yeah. like it whenever hard and with about. placement. Yeah, let's not. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, because I, I think it yeah. went side netting on it. So he, yeah. if you catch the side netting, it was good placement, right? So you're good, even uh, if the goalie guesses correctly, you're solid. Yeah. Um. So that they convert that, and then obviously you get into the second half. Um. You get the. Uh, the really great goal by um, by Ruiz, right? Um, and then who scored the other one? I'm trying to remember. I have it up in. I was going to say Ruiz notes. got the the, the 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 set piece one, right? The set the free kick, and then before that was I have this in my notes as well. It was no, it was Musco- it was Musowski. Musowski. That's right, Musowski. Mm-hmm. correct on the header on the- Musowski on the header. Another guy who was annoying uh, the way he was playing, you know, with roots across town, um, which he kind of reminds me of like a Chris Wondolowski type. We're like, God, this guy just bugs me. Something about his face right. and like, and the way he plays. If he's on your team, you like having him on your team. But when he's not, he just gets under your skin. Yep. So that that's a compliment to him, actually. You know, as much as it, it sounds like it's not. Um, but he was someone he had he had a pretty solid game he against did. the Galaxy, and that goal was deserved. Should have from, from scored. Yeah. Should, yeah. Should have scored work a couple he was putting in. Um, but that was again uh, a slip on uh, on Aude. They were able to get uh, back and underneath Aude. Uh, Jalen Neal left with two guys, jumped with his guy, couldn't pick up Aude's guy, um, and so Masovsky ends up putting that that home. But the real mistake there, obviously, Jonathan Bond not being able to come out and get to that ball. Then you get it's the set piece. Life. I believe it was Raheem Edwards who got the yellow card for stopping that play, and I was yeah. like, that's a good foul, and I still stand by that. Not, a, that's not a, in that position. You you don't have a choice, Eric. He's going to step into the box in about two min- in about two steps, and then you really can't make the tackle and the galaxy were back on their heels i it, i guess you could argue better there than in the penalty box it is and that's why you either make that foul there or you don't now the chances of making that shot are low right we all know that now ruiz hit it great i, I like that's yeah, all i said i was like hit. i was, was like that's hit. it he, everybody's can't like, get mad at it yeah they, they were trying to say oh the wall the wall needs to jump that close you maybe don't need to jump and make and they didn't have anybody covering underneath their feet so maybe don't jump because they could have gone under right so there's like these little things that sort of get in there as a defender understanding where the midfield is and playing there i would say absolutely you have to take that foul there so i was like it's a good foul i understand it's in a dangerous position but the chances he's going to score from there are very slim now having said that he scores it's 2-1 the LA Galaxy always go in the bag. This is it. Yeah. It's over. This is where you thought, the, and I, I saw people mentioning they turned the game off. I've turned the game off in situations like this this season when I see the Galaxy give up, you know, take take the go-behind goal or the, the goal that seems to bury him. So I, I understand people who felt this way, and that's why I mentioned the Galaxy had not responded like this going a goal down all year long. Maybe under Greg Fanny, I haven't seen them respond like this. Afterward. And now you get the substitutes. You had the substitutes. So you got Tyler Boyd who came in and replaced Efrain Alvarez. At the half. At the half. Now, what mm-hmm. we knew was, and I had told you after Saturday's game, uh, I was actually making a restroom stop and I was headed out and Tyler Boyd came walking out after I had, I was down underneath the stadium and Tyler Boyd came out and saw him walk by me and I just said hi real quick, but I saw his hand was in a cast and I sort of, I think I told you guys that I, t- I tweeted it and I, and I talked about it on Monday um, to sort of say it. It was, I didn't think it was that bad. It was just like, you know, a, a soft wrap cast, that type of thing. Come to find out, Tyler Boyd broke his hand. Now, we didn't know that until after the game. Uh, Alex Ruiz uh, pinched this picture from Tyler Boyd's um, Instagram. Um, and so Boyd has the break on his middle finger of his left hand. Yeah, uh, that this, does not look like fun. I'm awful with like bone breaks and things like that. Like, and it's weird for someone who enjoys watching like UFC and things like that. 
So looking at that, I'm like, wait, where's the injury? And then when you see it, it's like, oh, yeah, that, that does not look like a fun time. Uh, by the way, Super Chats, $10 Super Chat from Roger. Thanks for all you do. Love listening to every show. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate you. Uh, $2 Super Chat from Michael. Uh, were the galaxy ever in for Zava? Don't, don't. I haven't watched it. Don't. I'm going to. It's over now. So now I get to watch the whole thing because my wife wanted to binge watch it. So we were. I told her it was time, but not tonight because I'm here on the podcast. She better not be. I swear to God, she better not be watching yeah. that downstairs. I, right I, I almost fell in a moment of weakness because yeah. my wife was traveling this week. Uh-huh. I was like, I, I might just watch it, but yeah. I waited. Okay. She arrived today. We watched it actually before we went on. So okay. Okay, I had good. to clean up my tears before we went here. And that's good. Um, but yeah, yeah. Two, two, there's, so there's some Zava Easter eggs in that finale. $2 super chat uh, from Angelino. Uh, Ricky Jacket floating on Twitter again. Any news? Still, I'm told soon. That's all they ever tell me is soon. Like it's coming. Uh, $10 super chat again from Gary. As always, thank you guys for all you do. Greatly appreciate it. Gary, thank you. Appreciate, appreciate that. Appreciate everybody. Um, you guys are all awesome. So now, subs, Tyler Boyd breaks his hand. The doctor, according to Vanny, said, you're not going to make it any worse. So as long as you can stand the pain, you can play. Tyler went through training on Tuesday and basically went to Vanny and said, I'm, I want to play. And Vanny says, how do you not play a guy like that? Right. He goes, he didn't start because we had planned for it without him. Right. And so you planned during the day. So I wanted to bring him on in the second half. And, you know, Vanny's not going to say this, but seeing Efrain Alvarez, the most obvious switch in the whole world at halftime was <laughs> Efrain Alvarez coming off of Tyler Boyd. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. and, 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 and again, I, I feel, I feel for Efrain because, you almost don't want to you don't want to give up and say okay what else can you do but when you have an option of t- bringing Tyler Boyd off the bench you're right it is that was it was the most obvious move to make it is but they bring him on right bring on Memo Rodriguez right so you get him in this game as well so now you have a game where the LA Galaxy are losing 2 to 1 and the LA Galaxy go into transition and my man of the freaking match this guy has been playing this good for a lot of the season. It just hasn't produced the results it did on the night. But Caligari, and I'm told we're yeah. going by a single last name, all right? Uh, I want to call yeah. him Lucas because like, Greg calls like him Re- Lucas. but Like Ronaldinho, yeah, yep. Caligari. Caligari has some of that special sauce to him. Mm-hmm. The turn he makes to then dish he got the turn. He gets the ball. He has two guys who are on him. He turns away from them to sort of go back to his own goal. They give him a break and he just splits them coming back through their yeah. way. It's not bad defending. It's just really good move from a defender. You don't expect a defender to it's, turn into trouble. It's very Brazilian is what it is. <laughs> right. You know, and, and he, that wasn't, that's not his first rodeo. Cause he does that yep. quite often. Yep. He's in situations like, how does he get out of these situations? He does. And you're right. He, he's been, uh, you know, on, on Instagram, I do my champion of the week. He's been in the mix oh. week after week after week. He hasn't like gotten the nod officially this week might be the week where he gets the nod, but he, he's been right there. He's been stellar, you know, for, for the team. It, again, that's with the goals that they're leaking. He has these moments at least once or twice in every game where he shines and it just, you're right. The results haven't like there's nothing to show for it. Right. And this this week he, against RSL, he finally has something to show for it. He, he gets he gets the show for it. Um, I, Raise your hand if you if you like Julian Araujo. Raise your hand if you like Julian Araujo. OK, now put your hands over your ears. Caligari can be a better player than Julian Araujo. He has a better technical side, maybe not as much as getting up and forward and into the attack, because I thought Araujo is really great at that. The assists and everything that come with it. Mm-hmm. But in this game, look at what Caligari was able to do. The spin away from danger, the feed to Puj. Puj then I thought made the wrong choice. 
I was like, why would you go out there whenever basically Pooch has been calling his own number on those, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about the overplaying. Overplaying would have been Ricky Pooch calling his own number there. The correct play probably is outside to Memo. Memo gets it. I think he had Savarino who overplayed him um, and thought he was going to the line. Memo stepped in and hit uh, Golasso. All right. <laughs> there it is. Unbelievable shot. No, he don't. Don't give people the the uh, the satisfaction. <laughs> Unbelievable hit. Nice balanced. Didn't yeah. overhit it. Good contact. Nice placement. Good speed. Nice balance from him, too. Just everything came together. I guarantee you. And I tried to ask this question. and I stepped on it in the press conference, but I, I kind of just wanted to be like, Greg, you've been waiting for Memo to hit that shot all year, haven't you? Because you know that that's that's sort of Did what. Has he already hit one of those? He, I feel like he's had a similar banger this he, season. He, I think it was an open cup or maybe preseason. Yeah. I know he's had open cup in preseason. Maybe in preseason. Yeah. Maybe it was a preseason banger. Yeah. He had, he, this is not his, his again, yeah. speaking of not first his goal, first rodeo. First, yeah. first goal for, for the LA Galaxy in MLS play, but he hit, I mean, just an absolute banger. So now it's tied. I'm, I'm, I'm almost speechless here. I'm like, the Galaxy just yeah. came back. That's weird, right? It's like, that's, that's not and, something. Yes. And you're saying on the road, maybe a point. Okay, I could live with a point. They fought back. They didn't, you know, combust. Okay, I could live with a point on the road. Uh, yeah, so I, I was feeling how you were feeling right there. Yeah, I was like, okay, point on the road. Interesting, right? And really, uh, the big deal there is the Galaxy were able to score before RSL made the changes that they wanted to change too. And so it's like all of this stuff sort of um, combines yeah. and com we talk about, you know, being out coached and we talk about coaches against coaches and stuff like that. Vanny won that battle. He got Boyd on the field and Boyd comes into it at the end of this, right? But he gets Boyd on the field. He gets Memo on the field. He was able to rest them for the first half. They come in as quote unquote, the starters that really have rested for 45 minutes. They come in and now they're doing something different that RSL was not prepared for. And not only that, but I think RSL was sort of prepared to, to park the bus at two one and didn't get a chance to because the Galaxy were able to answer back and yeah. do the things that they were supposed to do, right? And that, that's a chicken or the egg thing because is that getting out coached or is that the players performing and spoiling, you know, poo-pooing the other coaches' plan moves? Because right. it did it did mess with, you know, their, their subbing rotations and what they were planning to do. And I think you saw a team with confusion and kind of shell-shocked, and then we saw what happened right. almost immediately after that, you know, to basically a minute and a half later. Yeah, so transition game, right? We talk about the LA Galaxy in transition. Galaxy score with Memo on the transition. Caligari keeping that in that transition mode, right? And a big mistake there. Then a bigger mistake from RSL is they give the ball away. The ball is able to be shuffled out to Caligari on the right-hand side. He's able to take it in. And then it's the appropriate ball in the appropriate place with the appropriate run. Everything was the way it was supposed <laughs> to do. Caligari hit a curving ball away from the goalkeeper. It was able to get out and around the defenders. And Tyler Boyd, all he had to do was knock it in. That's a goal the LA Galaxy have not been able to make all year. They would have, if if if, if this was yeah, a different game, they sky it. If no, Chicharito, if, if Chicharito was, was there, on the field, he would missed it. He would have tripped over his shoelaces and hit yes. that with his, his knee. Yes. And it would have gone out of bounds, yes. 100%. Yes. And, and that's, those are those things that you look at and you say, you know, okay, you know, that's, that's this LA galaxy team. And we joke about it all the time. LA galaxy are a counterattacking team, but when they are doing things and this play has been there throughout the entire season, which is getting on transition, getting in a spot and then screwing it up. Right. Well, and, and also, you know, if you go back to Charlotte, wh where was the game lost? Charlotte was possessing 
in the opening half of that game. They they that was their move is we're going to come and we're going to try to control the game. So where did the Galaxy have the most chances? It was in that first half. Yep. In transition play, they just didn't bury their opportunities. So this is where the you know I I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I say this all the time. If they can figure out their their counterattacking their their transition, this is their bread and butter. And yes. when they're going to run into teams who are above them in the standings and who are quote unquote better, this is how you should play it. You know you know wait pick your moments and then spring Caligari in there and, and you know let let Boyd and Chicharito hopefully if he can get things right. You know, let let them get going in those transition moves. That that's where this Galaxy team is going to be dangerous. Possessing, trying to break down a team in the low block. This team isn't going to go anywhere doing that. So trying to find those moments in transition. That that's where this Galaxy team is going to make all the difference. Uh, when we look at the XG, it was actually tied 1.6, 1.6. We can get a little closer in on that, I think, uh, and it eventually gives it to RSL 1.64 to 1.61 if you really want to take it. But bottom line is, LA Galaxy had big chances, Eric big chances they converted, right? So the penalty kick obviously is one that's going to be a 0.8. So that's, that's or 0.75, I can't remember, whatever it is. So that's high uh, there. But bottom line is the Tyler Boyd goal is a high percentage shot, right? The memo one is the only one that you're sort of like, okay, that one's from a little further out than probably you would normally score. But he scored it and it was well taken. It was a nice hit. And those do go in sometimes. So yeah, um, well, the, fu- the funny thing about that is how often you see players spray the ball into row Z is you see a hit like Memo Head and you're like, why don't they do that every time? Well, yeah, just, like, why can't you just do that every time? Somebody you know, the, because it just looks so smooth and so easy. Yeah. Somebody um somebody told uh somebody in the chat was saying, like, I think the Galaxy just try to win like that every time. Just just go out there and win, yeah. I think maybe. What's that all about? Yeah, come on. They just do that. They're going I was talking to a former player and we had the discussion and I said, if they fire Chris Klein, I expect this Galaxy team to play a lot more freely. I expect I expect them to be a lot calmer on the ball i expect them to not overplay and they were in agreement that there was there was a lot on their backs and so this game whether it was a one-off we don't know right and this is where i caution you this team has bad tendencies yeah all right and rsl this is not you know uh, cincinnati or new england or even seattle who's cruising at the top of the league you know, consider who they beat their opponent as well. You know, we we're kind of joking about their their wins in, in U.S. Open Cup. Consider the competition yep. as well. Can they do this against, you know, a St. Louis team that's hot? Can they duplicate it now that um, RSL has seen their bag of tricks? You know, so so you're right. W- one game does not fix it, but it, it's, a, you know, you, you can't start a streak until you win one. So, so you know, give give them credit for get, for getting the ball rolling there. Yeah. Um, so again, I'm sort of I'm sort of in the in the camp that this was a this was what you wanted, right? This is what you wanted to see. This is what you wanted to have. There is nothing bad from this game. Yes, the set piece defense. Worry about that. But overall, I said it was. I asked Greg this. I go, it's kind of funny that we can call this a defensive game in a game where you give up two goals. But this felt yeah. like a defensive game. Jalen Neal played really well. Martin Jalen Neal just playing out of his mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's stupid that he's 19. It is stupid. <laughs> And yeah. it makes me angry for all the talent that I don't have um, and all the time that I've wasted being 40, almost 42. You're almost 40. Happy birthday, sir. Very soon. Thank you. Almost um, there. Um, so like you, you go into this. It makes me angry that Jalen Neal is so good because 
he is he's too calm on the ball in situations this is you know what do they say uh you know being crazy is uh, is being calm when everybody else around you is crazy like that type of thing that's Jalen Neal he's like he's nuts he has to be certifiably nuts and <laughs> I I don't really mean that but how can this kid at 19 be this calm in these situations making great plays making good yeah. slide tackles being good body positions all the time um, he's going to make his mistakes. Every defender yeah. does. Well, it, you're, when you're under the line of fire, it's naturally going to happen. Even the best defenders on the world, you know, they get scored on. It is what it is. But you're right. The the level that he's been playing at and Stupid. taking that starting spot and making it his, um, you know, you see a lot of banter back and forth about the U-20 national team and how it's kind of a bummer that Jalen isn't there. Right. But I think when you take the trade off, the experience that he's getting alongside Martin Caceres and ag- against the level of competition an MLS play as opposed to a U20 national team, uh, you know, from, from a different country, you know, respectfully, I think he's better off professionally in his growth, staying where he's at and and doing that. Yeah. He's missing out on some of the camaraderie and the, the going up, but I think, you know, he's gaining a wealth of experience and just being completely lights out the one thing. And, and again, he, he's 19. And if you're going to, you know, pick nits or, or whatever it is, Musovsky was kind of, you know, getting under his skin. Yep. So I, I think if Neil gets, you know, a little bit more physical and builds, and that's going to come with, you know, age and getting into his body and being more, co- but when he becomes, gets the bruiser gene or when he unlocks that FIFA characteristic of like someone who's going to bully you on top of it, watch out because now you're going to take the positioning, the tackling, all the pieces, and then you're going to add physicality to that. That's that you're talking about someone who, you know, loads and loads of potential, you know, really, really love watching him play and watching the potential of where he can go. He's he's not a U-20 player. That is a future U.S. men's national team player. And you can sort of feel that. I hope that that pans out and I don't mean to put undue pressure on 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 somebody. No pressure. (laughs) Yeah. But that's where it's headed. And by the way, I don't think he would care. He doesn't. He seems to not care at all. I'll tell you right now. I think he didn't he get a yellow card for a challenge on Musovsky or or at least there was he got talked. He got talked to. And I was like, Greg Vanny likes that because Greg Vanny's biggest complaint about Jalen Neal is the physicality. I think you're right. That's that's what I'm saying. That's the part that needs to be unlocked. Yeah. Which will come with time. Yeah. Um, All right. So we go there. After the game, two LA Galaxies placed on the team of the match day. Uh, Gaston Brugman and Caligari in there. And then Ricky Pouge is the guy on the bench. Greg Vanny, I think in my mind, probably could have won coach for this one. Uh, but Lucia Gonzalez from San Jose uh, gets that as San Jose was able to beat Seattle on the road. I believe they beat Seattle in Seattle, if I remember correctly. Um, as a matter of fact, let's see. I have that little ticker here right there. There it is. Uh, let's see if we go and we say Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. Yeah, they did. one nothing. Um, and so um, I can understand why why that was also picked. But that's what you get, right? So you get Gaston Brugman uh, lined up as team of the match day. You get Lucas Caligari as team of the match day. You get Ricky Puj as one of those guys who's in there as well. Uh, Kevin Acevedo, who is in the communications department for the LA Galaxy, put out uh, that midfielders uh, Tyler Boyd and Memo Rodriguez each, uh, each scored goals as second-half subs in a 3-2 road win on RSL May 31st, the last time the LA Galaxy had two substitutes score in a single match. Dayan Jovalich and Efrain Alvarez did so in a 4-1 win over Austin FC on May 29th, 2022. Thought that was interesting just in terms of, of the impact. Kevin always has those fun tidbits. It's, I always enjoy when those things come out. It's his job. I love Kevin, but it's his job. <laughs> well, um, I, I understand, but you have to you have to dig in to figure you, that out. You it's do. like that's gotta be it. Like that's that question. How many set piece goals have we given up? Yep. Obviously he's not gonna push yeah, that's, <laughs> that that's that out. But right. like it, it's 
those things happen and it raises the question and you do want to like, those are fun, fun, fun stat of the day type things to put out there. Uh, apparently Jalen Neal was almost off the field and then decided to come back on and give these LA galaxy fans his Jersey. So shout out to Mr. Jalen Neal doing the Lord's work, spreading the gospel of the LA galaxy around Rio. I was going to say Rio Tinto. It still feels yeah. like Rio Tinto. It's America, America, first, America first or second, just, whichever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. It, it, yeah. They, yeah, it's Rio they, Tinto. It, let's be very clear. They don't like the name either. Um, they just like the money that comes associated. And then uh, Ricky Pooj and Gaston Brugman sitting next to each other, smiling. See what happens when you relieve a little pressure. You win yeah. some games. You do some stuff. You got you got Ricky Pooj out here trolling us with trust. Trust with the process, geez. Trust with the process. Trust with That's going to be the new one. Can, can no we, longer trust the process. Trust with the process. Can we get a t-shirt that says yeah. trust with the process? I really want to. I like. Yeah. That's not well, making fun be, of. I really yeah, want it. It could be on the back of I am the noise. Yeah, that's right. The, I, the funny thing about the I am the noise t-shirt, and I don't think you mentioned this when you were giving the first uh, plug on it, is that this is something that, you know, you had sent, you know, pictures and saying, what do you think of this? And kind of bouncing those ideas before Klein was right. relieved. So, it was. you know, it, it came across like, you know, Klein was relieved and then, you know, you came out with this. But this was something that, you know, has been building to your point because Vanny has been saying, talking about the noise and, the, you know, it's been a common trait. So the, the timing just kind of worked out perfectly in terms of uh, releasing it, but it is something that you were working on before. So maybe we can get uh, trust with the process as the next shirt. Please, please understand though. I am absolutely taking advantage of the situation for my own financial oh, gain. I just want to, I wanted to make sure you're just like that. the ticket reps and that's just right. like uh, Dan Beckerman. You that's got, you got to strike while the iron's you gotta, hot. You got to go. You got to go. Now If we go through the standings where the LA galaxy are. Uh, let's look at the Eastern conference, Miami, let go of Phil Neville this morning. So last place in the Eastern conference, it is Miami. Uh, with 15 points there. Cincinnati at the top of that. Cincinnati. Good job, Cincinnati. I'm actually, well, I mean, there's a lot of galaxy connections in Cincinnati. It's <laughs> I was not hard. Say, yeah, if you want to pick a, an Eastern Conference team or a second team, right. whatever you want to call it, yeah, the Cincinnati has a lot of galaxy connections. There. A lot of galaxy connections in there. Um, so uh, Eastern Conference up at 36 points is the top there. Uh, Western Conference 10 points behind because the Western Conference is a muddled mess. Good for the LA Galaxy. Overall good because there has not been this huge separation between ninth place and the sometimes unreal reality that the LA Galaxy were facing at the very bottom as the felt yeah. on the bottom of the table of the of the uh, of the of the table that doesn't scratch wood floors. Colorado currently the felt on the bottom of the table. The LA Galaxy are the old felt that Colorado covered. It's still two layers of felt, but not in last place. That's and 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 the one thing I want to point out as well is this is with a game in hand. Yep. Um, because, you know, a lot of the teams have played 16 games. They've only played 15. So there is an, another opportunity for them to kind of jump up in this area. Again, they're not on the bottom because of goal differential, but what a difference that makes. I talked about it last week that the chasm was starting to grow to where it was going to start to get unsurmountable. But again, this gets you to where, okay, now it's not nine a nine-point difference. Yep. Now it's a six-point difference. And so you can you can work with that, you know, a two-game can this galaxy go on a two game run? Maybe can you know, a three game run, a four game run. That's where you start to lose the hope. But again, this keeps them just enough within striking difference so that that chasm doesn't separate. They're not falling off a cliff here. If we uh, go and look at some of the stats that I was able to compile here, first time all season in 15 games, first time in 15 games, the LA galaxy have scored three goals. They've scored two goals, three other times um, in in one of those, they actually still lost three to two. Um, and 
Yeah. What were we saying? That the, the offense needs to step up? Yes. Look, the, the offense scores three goals, and what happens? The LA Galaxy win. Defense didn't have to be perfect. Take some pressure off the defense, right? We also talked about the LA Galaxy being shut out in basically half their games whenever we looked at it before. This was not the case this time. Again, the three goals. The LA Galaxy still in a minus 13 goal differential. That ain't good. That's what I've heard. Um, if we look at the DP minutes, 50.7% still for DPs. Remember, no Chicharito, no Douglas Costa in this game. We are now, Eric, at the lowest... Um, that I yeah, have this is a rough, recorded. This is a rough graphic. Yeah, so um, 2018 was the same year, 50.7%. Uh, that was with Giovanni Dos Santos, Jonathan Dos Santos, and Roman Alessandrini, and Alessandrini got hurt at the end of the year. Um, so that's something that we sort of uh, have paid attention to. Right now, the LA Galaxy at that 50.7. Their average since 2018 is 57.3 of the total available minutes, and then just the DPs there that are in that, yeah. uh, that 2018. And- and Ricky Pouge, as he carries the LA Galaxy team, car- absolutely carrying the percentages of oh, those deep so minutes much, as well. So much. <laughs> uh, for the first time, the LA Galaxy top 20% on the win percentage. 20%, 60% loss, 40% a tie or better. Um, those win percentages and the tie or better percentages really have to increase. This is still not a good team from all the stats that you've seen, from all their results. One win does not clean the slate, but whenever you've cleaned the slate with a president now being gone, there is some renewed hope. So like, you know, want to know since Klein is gone. I've, I've seen that a lot. It's, or it's a great way to start the season. Like the season yeah. just started, <laughs> right? And we're back, baby. We're all the way back. And there's something to that still. And I know we've sort of joked about it, but they're not completely out of touch with everything. They are clearly still near, near the, the absolute bottom for the LA Galaxy, right? Whenever you look at it, they're clearly near the bottom uh, in terms of what is good. Um, and so you look at this, this is all LA Galaxy teams ever. As we look at this in the LA Galaxy, there's like one team, there's two teams really that should be below them uh, whenever you plot it out. And if we go and look at the chart that shows over 15 games where everything is 12 points, now better than 2006 that had nine points and 1997 that had 10 points. Again, not great, just a mild improvement. The slightest bit of positivity that is sort of eking out on all of this stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. And you have to hope that everything kind of balances out to zero. Cause if you look at previous seasons, they started off hot and then they had, you know, losing streaks at the end of the season. So, you know, we're three games shy of the halfway point. So, or, or I, I think that's right. Or, you know, just two games shy of the, the halfway point for the galaxy. So you have to think, okay, maybe they had such an abomination in these opening games. Maybe the second half of the season is we say, well, did the Galaxy just rip off, you know, five games unbeaten with three wins and two draws? Like, right. did that just happen? And so maybe you, it starts to balance and you start to kind of level back uh, to zero as the second half of the season goes on. Points per month. Hey, you know what? May was actually a better month than any other month. They got two wins in it. Uh, it's not the best. It's not great. Again, it is just barely keeping your... It's not drowning right now. The Galaxy's mouth is under the water, yeah. but their nose is still above it, and they can still breathe for now. All right? That's <laughs> yeah, someone threw them the life raft, and they, they're... You know, Tyler Boyd's broken hand is holding on to the life raft. <laughs> so they're, they're not sinking to the bottom, but they're not in a great place either. Right, right. Understood. Um, and then again, we've, we've sort of said this, but when the galaxy scored the first goal, they're three, one and Oh, eight goals to six goals. Uh, when they allow the first goal, they're Oh, seven and one, and they've been outscored by 13 goals. All right. So it does matter. It is important. Looking at the schedule coming up, no game this weekend. Weird. Um, so no game this weekend, LA galaxy at RSL on June 7th. That is an open cup game. 
I imagine RSL will want some revenge. I imagine yeah. they're probably going to play more of a first-team lineup than the LA Galaxy have seen in their first two games. The Galaxy basically played two USL teams, um, or maybe even lower than that, two USL teams in their in their first two Open Cup games. Uh, but and a chance... Yeah, but RSL also plays on the weekend. They do. They play at Austin, so they have to travel as well. Not a super far trip, still a trip. Still have to not be going to sleep in their bed. They have to play a game. They have to come back, and then they'll play um, whenever the Galaxy play uh, on June 7th. And then the LA Galaxy off to St. Louis. Very difficult game at City Park. Um, 10 a.m., by the way, on June 11th. Woo, that's an early one. Um, so, huh. so, 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 so buckle so up for that one. soccer for right? you there. Absolutely. Um, but that stadium has been buzzing. That team... They're 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 a hot a hot team this season. So, at the beginning of the season, I would have said, "Hey, this is an opportunity, you know, expansion St. Louis opportunity for the Galaxy to get points." Then you look at how they've been playing and how their stadium's been rocking, and this is a game where you maybe don't feel as great um, as you would have. So maybe SKC is that that get right game yeah. on the twenty first. Very well, back come. home, that's the party. Go and compete in St. Louis. I think if you compete, people will be able to tell. Again, that's sort of what you what you want to see. Looking at the schedule that's coming up, I heard uh, just 50 days now until uh, League's Cup starts as well. So keep that in mind because... Let's go. I, you know, I heard that... Who was it? Cabral's son said, it's mathematically possible to still win the quadruple. So <laughs> support each shield still technically Within in the grass. run. Yeah, League's right. Cup still in the running. U.S. Open Cup still in the running. And of course, MLS Cup. So we're, we're technically still in every single... Co- Every single possible competition. If you're going to bet on the LA Galaxy to win MLS Cup, do it now. Okay? I'm telling you, like, you should have done it after Charlotte, but that's really hard to do and feel good about not wasting $100. If you're going to do it, feel better about yourself this week and put that $100 down because I'm sure the odds are long and it would be it would be an interesting one. I'm Again, not saying they can do it, but that's the bet. Uh, in, in my mind, because they're technically not out. They're technically not out. That is exactly right. So, um, so that's sort of where we sit. LA Galaxy get the bye weekend. Um, everybody gets to chill. Everybody gets to relax. Um, they get to heal. They get to uh, do Time stuff. To heal. It yeah, should, emotionally it, and physically. It should be pointed out. Tyler Boyd doesn't know if he needs to have surgery on that. So that's something that could be real bad for the LA Galaxy, being he's one of the only wingers they have. You want to talk about if it goes the way that this season has sort of been going up until this point, then you would expect that in about you know eight days we find out Tyler Boyd's going to have to have surgery. Um, on that basically what they said was they were going to put it and set it and sort of put it in place and then wait to see how it was healing and if it was healing appropriately they wouldn't have to do surgery and if it doesn't heal properly then they're gonna have to go in and then that probably means he's gonna have to be out because there's one thing to sort of worry about it in terms of you're not going to screw it up anymore right it's another thing to have surgery on that stuff and and, and do all that stuff so if once you have surgery it gets you, trickier you yeah. actually want to wait and like then you can't play and you sort of want to wait for it to heal so that way it could start healing and that type of thing so but but you also think about you know the league's cup break that's coming up and you know if it starts trending in the right direction maybe you know, he kind of is able to get surgery at the right time where it's minimum games, you know, lost for the LA Galaxy or it's games lost right. uh, in competitions where they might not need him. All right. Uh, to uh, sort of uh, put us out here, uh, executive producer Herb, um, he gives us an $11. <laughs> I love that he's changed his name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah $11 super chat. Uh, hey, Josh. Hey, Hammer. Missed the show. Can't wait to listen to what you guys had to say about a certain someone that is no longer with the team. Viewers and listeners, please hit that like button. I added the please because I thought that would be nicer. But Herb, Herb is obviously our executive producer and, and that type of thing. Um, yeah, I had, I had, te- you, Herb. as always, Herb, I had teased something that maybe we were trying to do. It, it just, the, the, the schedule is not going to allow it right now. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to try and take a deep breath and try to put together a live 
show for you guys coming up sometime in the future. All right. I want to get at least one or two by the end of the season. Uh, and we need a good place to do that. And so we will figure out where that is, how to do it and all that stuff. And I want to get to make sure you guys have plenty of time and we have plenty of time to promote it and all that stuff. I want to do it sort of as we as the galaxy break um, when they don't have games, because then it gives you something to do is come. And also that helps us get special guests when they don't have something to, else to yep. do. Right. So um, Dennis to close uh, Kevin Hartman, if you remember our last live show that we did. Um, I thought you were going to say Kevin Hart. I was like, man, that's a that's a good get. I don't know what it has to do with the galaxy. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously. Um, so so we're going to we'll try to do that again. Right. And maybe we'll have some some good guests for that. So uh, I think that does it. Hammer. I am. I am all out of talking. Um, yeah, but, it is. That's the funny thing is no game preview. I was like, are, are we going to be able to fill an hour? But, you know, Klein out Douglas Costa in his situation. The Galaxy finally win a game. I think we had we had plenty to talk about. So shout out to the chat as well for keeping things interesting and spicy. You guys are in, on good behavior today. The L.A. Galaxy will not be playing a game this weekend. <laughs> okay. um, that one I'm ready for. Yeah. OK, good. Just just wanted to make sure. Um, all right. Uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you and then we'll uh, we'll get on out of here. Let's go. All right. As always, you can find me at HammerEV9 on everything. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. That's HammerEV and the number nine. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's mostly fixed. We'll keep working on it. Uh, but you can get that there. Uh, we'll put the link up for the shirts on our store. So that way you can do that. Remember, I am the noise. It's Rally and Cry now. Also, I need to... Uh, Trust with the process. What is it? Uh, trust with something like that. Trust with the process. We'll figure. Trust it out. with the process. Trust with the process. Okay, just want to make sure. Uh, we'll get that up there. We'll try to figure out if we can get that one out there as well. All right. Uh, Two dollars super chat for Mr. Provino. Just fell out of the car. He's on a train right now. I know that for sure. Uh, so uh, thank you for that. We appreciate it. Uh, everybody have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy no games and then the galaxy back on Wednesday in the U.S. Open Cup game. We'll have a show on Monday to help you out. All right for Eric, the Portuguese hammer Vera. I'm Josh. Pato Guessman, you've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.